Hey, Saul. Hey, Alan. Hey, hey Woody. Hey, Buzz. <laughs> know what I mean? Marmalade. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. Hello, my name is Alan. Joining me is Jim Varney. Mm. <laughs> the, the ghost of Jim Varney. Hey, Alan. <laughs> hey, and of course, Saul Harris. Hey, Alan. <laughs> Hello. We're doing, Saul, we are doing... Ernest Goes to Camp, the first of the official <laughs> Ernest films, which we, you know, let's let's face it, we're doing this because it's a nice, lightweight, change of pace. We needed to fill a week. We thought it'd be a bit of fun, really. Yeah, we, we wanted to make things easier. Well, we wanted to make things easy on ourselves. And you said, let's do something light and, and fun. And I went, oh, great, I'll get to watch a film that I like for a change with the limited time I have to watch films. And then you went, let's do an earnest film. <laughs> yes, but we've and, got a bit of history. And with unlike this. you, Alan, I yeah, yeah. Unlike you, I've seen all of the uh mainline earnest movies before. So it's not even like I can tick something off. <laughs> yes, you I, was this when we lived together ten years ago yeah. when we watched some Ernest films together? Because I've watched We definitely this this did. We definitely did. And I, I don't really I don't know how or why or when I started, but I did watch all of the Ernest films. And I did I start nine watching them, them with you? I think. Yeah, maybe. My my knowledge you know what, I should have you you know I should have got on this episode, I've just realized. What? Former guest Chris Antista. Who we had on Space Jam? Oh, really? He's who a big fan, is he? Is uh, he? I don't know if he's a big fan, but he's definitely like as knowledgeable on Ernest and Jim Varney as he is on the Looney Tunes. And both uh, both Space Jam and the Ernest films based on TV commercials. Funnily enough, um, yes. So let's just go to basics here for anyone who doesn't know. So Jim Varney mm. in the late seventies, serious 80s, actor, wanted to do Shakespeare. He's a serious actor, but he was he was a stand up comedian as well. He did character comedy as yeah, part yeah. of his stand up. But he but and he was so, a um he was like a he was like a formally trained actor, wasn't he? I think he kind of had aspirations of a career that never really went anywhere. Is is that? Well, I don't know. He was definitely a comedy actor. Let me have a quick look here. He began his interest in theatre as a teenager, winning state titles and drama competitions while a student at Lafayette High School. Uh, portrayed Ebenezer Scrooge in a local theatre production at the age of 15. Uh, performing professionally. Studied Shakespeare at the Barter Theatre in Abingdon. Virginia, yeah. There we see. see I think he, I think he had, like I say, aspirations of becoming like a, a real well. I actor. guess, I guess the point is he wasn't a comedian who did some acting. He was an actor who did some comedy. Did comedy, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. he did do stand up. And I know he did character comedy in his stand up, which sort of makes sense if you're an actor uh, rather than a comedian. And uh, he has several characters, and one of them was this earnest, well, very earnest, sort of naive but well-meaning character. And some advertising execs uh, called Coked Up Sam and <laughs> John Cherry. They obviously went, you know, that's a good character. We can use that for some advertising spots. Yeah. And now, because in America they have local TV stations hey, just within a state or something. Don't sniff can, at it. This, can, is, uh, this is how Jim Henson got set up this is where the muppets started it was jim yeah. henson doing adverts for local tv with his puppets and a lot of them ended up becoming the muppets well, like i i think from a from a british point of view certainly in the last sort of, 30 years we don't really have much in the way of local tv it's all fairly national but basically you could do an advert and sell it in just in one area and then do the exact same advert for a different yeah. company in another area and just well, not only you know, that, sell Alan, the rights you, for you that thing can shoot 20 of them in like a day and yeah that's, that was you know yeah. yeah and so Ernest this character of Ernest became just a spokesman for a wide variety of advertised products in which you know that hey Vern that he would he would talk to someone off camera called mm. or the camera he would talk down the lens to Vern and just go hey Vern you know what I like uh, potato chips, especially this brand. <laughs> I sure do love up. them fried potatoes. <laughs> French fried potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> With Sling Blade ripping off Ernest. 
<laughs> well, he's in um, Jim Varney's in uh, one of Billy Bob Thornton's films. Um, is he really? Yeah, he's. Mm, God, hey, Vern. Is... I sure do love wearing glass in my shoes, Vern. Daddy and them. That's what he's in. That's where Ernest comes from, I guess. And they, they, I imagine they made a fair bit of money from that. Although I bet it's not as much as you might think in terms of advertising, because it was all like local stuff. I, I have, I have to say, like we're gonna be, I think, probably quite disparaging about these guys. Like they yeah. made, they made <laughs> absolute trash, and we have spoken about them a bit in the past on this podcast because John R. Cherry, the uh, director, John R. Cherry the third. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to break out from making Ernest films at one point, and that was in 1999 when he made the all-new Adventures of Laurel and Hardy in For Love and For Love or Mummy, which um, <laughs> we have definitely spoken about. I think in our Laurel and Hardy episode, we've definitely alluded to it in many other. Well, episodes. the guy who's playing uh, Oliver Hardy in that is in um, is in Ernest Goes to Camp, and he was in several of their other advertising things mm-hmm. as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I believe these guys were responsible for resurrecting Laurel and Hardy in a load of adverts in a similar capacity around the same time as well. Very uh, probable, yeah. But I I just want to say because, like I say, we're we're probably going to be slating their work. I do have a real admiration for the the hustle. Yeah, the hustle side of this. <laughs> the the fact that they're like they're going out there and they're channeling quite limited talent and you know to be fair probably fairly limited resources into making a pretty you know solid living as as artists i guess uh. <laughs> debatable but you know it, it's respectable I, I i've got to give them credit for they they built this operation they're clearly like hollywood outsiders you know they're not operating within the um industry as it were and you know, I reckon as well that I think these guys probably pretty decent to work with because, you know, you got the likes of a, of a Jim Varney, all these other people. You, mm. They see people work; they're all working with the same people over and over, yeah. Uh, and and kind of putting them in little like someone they're doing adverts with, they put them in a little seat, just like a one scene, doing a bit of comedy bit in one of their films. So. It feels like they're all kind of like, hey, look, we're all scrubbing in. We're getting some. We're making some money. We're earning a living. Fair play to them. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. I and I, I, I respect that. I, I really, I respect. I respect artists that really have to hustle anyway. You know, Jim Varney did kind of break into Hollywood a bit. He, I, I guess the obvious contemporary like comparison. Yeah, the obvious contemporary comparison would be Tyler Rowan Perry. Atkinson. <laughs> what? <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. Oh, I see what he's you're just saying. famous for doing adverts, but he managed to get a couple of yeah. bits in Hollywood. Pulling, pulling doing voice work on a big face. Disney film. Yeah. No, no. I, uh, Tyler Perry. You know, he 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 similarly like hustled his way with a load of trash, low budget films, and then kind of now he's in like David Fincher movies and stuff. <laughs> he's like a proper actor when he wants to be. He's like and a, and a and a good actor at that. And yeah, Jim yeah. Varney was the same thing. You know, he he, he got notable enough to um as as you say he got cast in toy story he's the voice of uh slinky dog in toy story one and two he was dead before the third one came out uh so that's not him anymore but uh yeah he's slinky he was in an episode of the simpsons he was a, a carny um yeah, yeah, yeah. you know classic Ronnie episode there yeah he, he did a few episodes of roseanne but that's it. That is all built on Ernest. I mean, that oh, totally. Is, <laughs> and that is the, that is the Simpsons people. Obviously, were like fans of Ernest, and so we don't really have Ernest in our childhood sort of nostalgia. We've come at it as a later thing. But I think if you were a kid in America in the eighties, if you were ten years old in nineteen eighty-seven, is this because then... we grew up in the UK, Alan? Yeah, I yeah, guess we yeah, were yeah. the right era for it, and it just never really came over here. Rather, yeah, than, I think I think the British before my time. I think the British equivalent is Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Mr. Blobby didn't have uh, a load of films, though, did he? No, but if you talk about something just from your childhood that you couldn't really explain to someone from a different culture. <laughs> We've definitely tried to explain Mr. Blobby. Anyone who doesn't know Mr. Blobby, check out our... I think it was our It episode, Stephen King's It. <laughs> 
I think it was. We got talking about clowns, and then it listed Mr. Blobby as a clown on Wikipedia, and I think we started talking about what the fuck Mr. Blobby is, because he's not a clown. Um, no, yes, there, there's think... got to be a close... So, I mean, I always think of these being, like, straight-to-video films, and... Some of Ernest, them are, yeah. Ernest Goes to Camp was a theatrical release. The first few were, I believe. Uh, yeah. Ernest Goes to Camp, Ernest Goes to Jail, Ernest Scared Stupid, Ernest Rides Again. They were all theatrical. And then after that, I think they were mostly straight to video, with uh, yeah. maybe an exception here and there. Um, and again, that's very of the 90s, you know. It was Police a, Academy. An, an industry that didn't... Yeah, yeah. And that's something we should say. There were nine, ten Ernest films. I, th- I think we did say that, but um, yeah. this was the first real Ernest film. Now, I've seen all the real Ernest films. I've not seen Doctor Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam, mm. which is a nineteen eighty five film. I only became aware of this quite recently when we were gearing. Well, up that's to not an Ernest film. It's a Jim Varney. Vehicle, it's a Jim Varney film. Yeah, in which he, he plays lots Eddie, of characters. Eddie Murphy style. He plays. One, two, three, four, five, six characters in it. One of whom is Ernest P. Worrell. Well, I think, and this is something that he he obviously plays a lot of different characters. And there was a there was a whole Ernest family album thing where he played loads of different, you know, Ernest style yeah, well, family members. One of his the, characters here, Auntie Nelda, I'm sure appears in an Ernest film. Later well, on. there is definitely, or maybe the, Ernest puts on a dress. And that's it. I to think be a, that's yeah. what happens in Doctor Otto and the Gloom Beams because. It's like the character is a master of disguise or something, and Ernest is just one of his disguises rather than being a character. Right. Um, so it's just, you know, a Jim Varney master of disguise style thing. And and that is something they carry through, yeah, where, where in character as Ernest, Ernest will disguise himself as, you know, a rich gentleman with a monocle or something. Um, pretty broad stuff. It's It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that he, like, was this character actor because all his characters kind of sound like Ernest doing a voice. <laughs> I remember when he was Ernest being a rich guy and it was very much like, hey, it's, uh, I really sure do love them caviar. Do you have any gray poupon? <laughs> yeah. And when he plays Aunt Nelda, it's a bit more like, oh, I'm Aunt Nelda. I, like, he, he takes up, like, one notch his register, but it's still, like, all right, it's Ernest in a dress. Okay, great. Is my second-born son without a sliver of gratitude who wouldn't even pick up his own mother at the airport. I'm only glad his father never lived to see the day when his son would treat his own mother this way. Me, a lonely old woman forced to cope in a world of indifference. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking it up here, Alan. Uh, yeah, it's Ernest Goes to Jail. He plays Aunt Nelda. Probably when yeah. he's, like, escaping jail. He also plays someone called... She probably bakes him a cake with a file in it. He'll, oh, I, I thought it'd be Ernest puts on, like, uh, some laundry sheets to like pretend to be a woman <laughs> to sneak out of jail yeah, yeah. but then the, the warden falls in love with her and he has to <laughs> go on a date <laughs> yeah uh but it doesn't look like it doesn't look like any of the other films oh no no ernest goes to africa he also play oh dear god Ooh, that was <laughs> oh dear right well he plays auntie nelda again that's okay i think i think that's all right he also plays... Just, just say the name of the character and then we'll not say anything more about it. Okay. Right. African woman dancer. Okay, that's fine. And... Yeah. Hey you, the Hindu. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just for the, for the avoidance of doubt, that is spelled... Hey you, like hey you, H E Y space Y O U, yeah, the well, Hindu. It'd be ridiculous otherwise. Ernest in the army. He also plays army captain and Alan. The character is credited as Arab on quicksand. <laughs> That's definitely gonna be something that tastes. Yeah, but in Ernest so, goes to camp. He just plays Ernest. Thank yeah, God. it's nice and straightforward and. Um, let's you know, let's let's not beat around the bush. It's a crap film, but it's it's a kids film, and it's very much yeah. aimed at a very a certain demographic. And the idea is, 
we have this silly character, he's going to fall over a lot, do some silly things, and that's fine, that's enough. It's a stupid kids film. And yes, I think to a certain extent that is enough, but why has Ernest captured the sort of cultural imagination and got eight, nine films out of it? Well, kids loved it, and whenever you hear people in America talk fondly about Ernest, they always go like, yeah, it's absolute shit, but I watched this as a kid and I loved it. Now, that's what I don't get, because I, I do think, I think if I watched Ernest as a kid, I don't think I'd be that impressed I don't think I dislike it, but there was better weak slapstick for children being made by like CITV and CBBC back in the nineties. You know, I it, the the problem with the problem I have with the Ernest films is they're just so. I really noticed it on this viewing, right? So number one, the pacing is glacial, um, really slow. By yeah, standards, yeah. But but beyond that, like it just feels like everything's padded out. It's about an hour and 40, which is 20 minutes too long for a kid's film, isn't it? And there's not enough plot to fill it. Yeah, and also, they we spoke about this in our Dumb and Dumber episode that went up on our uh, Patreon as a brilliant April Fool's this year. But we were talking about how Dumb and Dumber plays like these characters exist within a shitty B-movie. So whenever you have scenes without Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels in it, it becomes yeah. this kind of badly acted melodrama. <laughs> and it's a bit shitty but it it gets away with it there because of how the film's comedy mechanisms are working Ernest is a similar thing it's it's like Ernest well Ernest isn't the only comedy character but there are like serious characters playing it straight to give the plot you know usually the villains uh to move the plot along but there are way way too many scenes with just the villains playing it straight being villains and they're so slow, and there's no jokes in them, and it's just oh god. And the, the the plot is basically the plot is oh it's a summer camp, and the the big bads uh you know property developers want to knock it down. Which is that the plot of every kids film in the eighties or uh, <laughs> like every, isn't the Power Rangers do that more than just the eighties? I think in the eighties you'd often do it, but it would be on a ski slope. Was was it just that every were, were the proper developers going mad in the eighties? Is this Reaganomics? <laughs> they were just <laughs> knocking everything down, destroying nature. That plot doesn't start until half an hour in. There's there's so much that happens yeah. before that. Uh, that was it. I thought I thought going in this was going to be a really straightforward, simple plot, and it's actually like a really meandering, all over the place, quite messy plot because you've got that as the main drive. As you say, it doesn't get going till like half an hour in. Then there's all this plot with like, yeah, because the the main plot that's set up up front and would have been fine to tell the the story with is um, that the camp is bringing in a load of kids from prison. (laughs) Yeah, from Boston, like from kids, the bad kids. Yeah, and it's a very interesting concept of what kids prison must be like they're all like greasers from the 50s <laughs> wearing sunglasses it's a very interesting concept hey. of what children oh. like <laughs> well that was it okay so the one thing i really picked up on straight away here was um like they were they showed us the bad they there was basically they have the summer camp and it's like oh it's starting all the kids are arriving it's like oh there's a lot of white kids arriving at this summer camp and then and then they go, oh, but we're going to have the bad kids. There's a group of bad kids coming from Boston. And I thought, if these are all black kids, I'm, I'm not going to be able to take it. But then I was surprised their commitment to not having black people in the film. They're all white kids at first. No, there's, there's, thought, there's one black kid. Well, that was it. Well, no, and that was he's, it. he's the good one. When we, though, when we were yeah. first introduced to them, they were like, oh, they're all white. And one of them's like a bit Mexican or something. But then... And then, the, yeah, there's a little black kid who turns up later and uh, he's, like, the nice one. And But that never pays off for anything. It's not like he's, yeah. his niceness is, like, explained. How well, it's not even that. It, it, you kind of expect there's going to be a, a point where he proves himself as, like, being able to be courageous and earns the respect of the the yeah. people who've been picking on him and they all feel bad. Or You, you kind of think there's going to be some arc there. And there isn't. Yeah. And it's not just the other kids being mean to him. You know, the the lifeguard, uh, the the water, uh, the lake, yeah. I guess, like chucks the kid in the water because he doesn't know how to <laughs> swim. And he's like, well, 
got to learn by doing and just not only chucks him in the water but chucks him in the water and then goes and sits down on his lifeguard thing while the kid's drowning <sighs> and Ernest has to poke a, a pole in the water for the kid to like be yeah, fished yeah. out with. and then the lifeguard doesn't even seem to notice that Ernest has saved the kid yeah but the, the whole point is that this guy's an asshole and they're then they they uh, you know Ernest yeah. is a nice guy but there's there's asshole and there's child murder <laughs> well i want one thing that sort of jumped out at me right summer camp right it's this very distinctly american thing as far as i understand mm. it where is it basically just where middle class people send their kids to get them out of the hair for the summer yeah did you never go to camp then alan no well, I did stuff during summer, and we would go away for like maybe a few days or something, but not like weeks. Really, in a dormitory or anything. Well, the British equivalent would be uh, cub camp, scout camp, yeah, brownie I did a bit camp. Of that. But we yeah. only have a camp for like three nights or something. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I never went away for the whole summer. If that, yeah, but I, I think it's I don't know, like it's the UK is smaller. <laughs> You go, into the, countryside, though. you go into the woods and it's like 20 minutes from your house. Is it just me or is everyone who works at camp really creepy? <laughs> well, I think the ones who work at camp are probably the ones actually shagging. Like, every well, the count. Okay, yeah, so the councillors who are all are like, the all yeah, they're like 17, 18. They used to be at the camp themselves. Now they kind of mentor or whatever. Yeah. They're, they're the ones doing all the shagging. Okay, right with each other. But then the, there must be some like proper adults who lead it all and basically just spend their entire lives hanging out with kids. Yeah, probably. Especially the one who's in this, who is presented as a nice guy but looks really creepy. There are a lot of sketches just with um, Ernest messing about with something and falling over. So, but you, uh, uh, as you, uh, uh, sometimes the same sketch repeated, Alan. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and as you alluded to, quite slow paced. And so there's a whole bit right at the very beginning when he's doing a gag with a toilet. He's cleaning out a toilet. He's with hey, a plunger, Bert, and it was just like, "Help me get my head out of this toilet." <laughs> this is taking a long time. This does not bode well. But then you know he does a bit where he's basting a chicken, and then he gets set on fire or something, and it's just. Um... But there's all those sketches that have no relevance whatsoever to anything really. Like the, there's one bit where he has to have hey, an Bert. injection, and hey, he doesn't Bert. like that. So I that's don't. That. Hey, Vern. <laughs> Vaccinations give you autism, Vern. <laughs> oh, he's doing, he's doing an ad for... He's been hired to do an ad for... It's all right. He's doing then, a Jim he? Carrey impression. <laughs> you know what, Alan? I looked into that because I was like, I wonder what Jim Carrey feels about like the new vaccines. And apparently, he only has a problem with vaccines that contain mercury. And he's fine with the concept of vaccines outside of that. He clarified his comments. Well, mercury doesn't cause autism for a start. There's still, there's still absolutely no basis for it. Oh God, uh, yeah, I'm not suggesting also, that he's right. Just to, to be, have a problem there, but. just to be on the safe side, they stopped putting mercury in things years and years and years ago because people kept moaning about it. So they thought, well, it's not doing anything, but we've yeah. got other things to replace it with. And they still moan about it. They just kind of go, oh well, then mercury. It's it's the other thing. Ah, autism. Well, no, he he said he just has a problem with that, which means he's pro-vaccine, doesn't it? Well, it means he hasn't had a problem with vaccines for at least 20 years, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Look, I'm back on Jim Carrey's side now, right? I don't like Will Smith now. That's um, okay. Yeah. It's, and, and Jim Carrey came out against Will Smith pretty swiftly. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm back on Jim Carrey's side, I guess. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, talking about Jim, uh, talking about Will Smith, there's a, there's a big triumphant scene at the end of this film where Ernest goes and punches a man in the face. <laughs> and man was that a Will Smith style like poncy slap <laughs> it was like this wussy little <laughs> but the man flew backwards it must have been a very hard hit but the man had just been exploded so, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. was a little bit out of sorts <laughs> it's because they put um, they put a big sound effect on it so that it you know, hurt him more he had just been exploded and, and that's again it's like the Chris Rock thing because like Ernest could not telegraph it more blatantly that he's going to hit this guy, and the guy just kind of takes it. Ernest is there gurning at him, like getting re- swinging his arm around, Popeye style, and then he slaps him. And, uh, <laughs> but it is a triumphant moment. That's the moment where Ernest... Um, it's a weird moment, that, because it's like, you've already blown the guy up. Yeah, he's probably severely injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's covered in soot. His beak spun round onto the back of his head. <laughs> That's probably enough and then Ernest has like a big triumphant 
moment of courage, which is, you know, it, not to say it's a good moment, not to say that it works, but in terms of, like, the morals and the message it's giving to kids, it's, like, this weird magic thing that when the bad guy tries to shoot him, the bullet, like, can't hurt him because he's standing up with courage and... Because and... he believes in himself. <laughs> yeah but also because he's like true of heart and kind which he's demonstrated throughout the whole film and then he kind of gets a bit cockier like oh i can't be hurt by the gun i'm impervious to bullets well hey we but we already know we've already established in the film that he's not impervious to getting the shit kicked out of him by a big burly bloke so yeah 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 but at this point he's only up against like an old man with gray hair So it's just kind of like, well, that could have been his big triumphant moment. So it's weird that we also have to have him smack this big burly guy who's been blown up in the face earlier on. But well, I, we didn't want we didn't want anyone to walk away from this film thinking that violence wasn't the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are a couple of times before where they try violence and it doesn't work, and so it, that's a, that's not a good message to give to kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if violence isn't the answer, why did they catapult all the uh, little tortoises into the sky? with parachutes that then drop down on the, on all the people and bite them on the nose. <laughs> so so what's the plot in this film, Alan? The, 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 the bad guys are trying to knock down the camp to, uh, what, dig for oil, build a new development, what is it? Uh, uh, yeah, there's going to strip mine it for some... Find buried treasure like, there. Unobtainium under it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the important thing is that this is um, an Indian camp. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. This is well, a camp. as we see at the start of the film, where I was worried that I'd accidentally loaded up Ernest Goes to yes. Africa, <laughs> because there are a lot of uh, generic indigenous tribesmen dancing around, going like "oh, whoa, whoa, whoa," like shouting gibberish. They didn't read as Native American particularly, but no. uh, I guess that's what on, they were. They? Yeah, I guess that's what they were going for. The the whole premise is this camp is called uh, Camp Kikiki, which. With, that, that was a, a weird thing because it's not a joke, is it? Yeah, I thought if you're going to have a camp name, it should be something with a weird little pun in it. Yeah, it? I I glanced up and misread the sign, and I thought it was Camp Kick Me, and yeah, I thought they were going to do like, like I thought they were going to do a joke like a Kick Me sign on his back or something like, and then no, it's just Kick a Key. Which, I don't think it's a joke. I certainly which, didn't uh, Yeah, but it's and, hard to uh, tell with these films because the the level of humor is very low. <laughs> It is amazing, isn't it, that comedy is probably like the hardest genre to do. So if you're if you're people with no talent whatsoever, it's interesting that should make they, a zombie film. Yeah, it's interesting that they chose to do comedy because <laughs> they're not. Well, they had Jim Varney, I guess. They're not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it like it genu- genuinely wouldn't be hard to. I'm not trying to say I'm hilarious, I'm a great writer, because I, I don't think I am particularly talented on that front, uh, like a professional standard. I'm pretty sure I could like throw something together on the day that is probably a bit funnier than this. <laughs> and to be fair, I think they were probably just throwing it together on the day and figuring yeah. it out. I doubt they were putting much thought or effort into like writing this stuff. But, mm. but it's a shame, because... You know, Ernest's a good character. Jim Varney is a really likable presence. There's something about him that is just really charming and warm and friendly. Mm. And you, you kind of root for this character. You want to like these films. I, well, certainly I do. I don't know about you, Alan. Yeah, um, I mean. And I don't know, like put some real jokes in there. It'd go a long way. Yeah, but it, but it's like it's been directed by someone who doesn't realize it's a comedy because the pacing we've talked about, but not just the pacing. Well, it's been directed by the, someone who's not a director is yeah. probably the biggest issue. But it's not just the pacing; it's like the whole. It's the pacing of the jokes individually. You know, it's the individual, like the editing and the the everything about it is like like maybe this script in better hands could be vaguely amusing, but like mm, they've made it yeah. in a way to sap what comedy is there i think the character of... could be yeah you take you you go we want to do ernest goes to camp here's jim varney you could make a good solid kids film from totally that. definitely you could did you um did you like any joke at all in the film were there any that landed for you mm, nothing's jumping out at me there was one gag where i kind of thought like all right that could have been a good joke if they'd sort of shot it and performed it a bit differently which um, is when it's when Jim Varney's going to be. It's when Ernest is going to get his shots. 
he, oh, what is it? She's like, right, I'm gonna inject you, and he's like trying to be all tough, and then he immediately cracks like he's being interrogated and shouts, "I took the Lindbergh baby." I took the Lindbergh baby. I was Dr. Mengele. Yeah. Some, just, some great kids references. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 80s kids, they love the Mengele references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was it. Like, I think I think just pick one. <laughs> I took the Lindbergh baby. That's an all right gag. Well, I would just I would just go, I shot JFK, because at least you know you're on safe ground there. You, you're only going back to the 60s instead of the 30s. Yeah, um, that's a bit better. Yeah, I shot JFK. See what this is. What I mean, Alan. We if we just threw together an earnest film on set, it would be twenty times better than this. And that's why which... that's why my goodwill kind of runs out because I I really <laughs> want to like what they're doing here, but it's just so lazy and bad. <laughs> it's well, just so on a, shit. On a similar tone, I couldn't see if you can answer this. I couldn't quite tell what level of irony we were working on with the hard kids. <laughs> because the film very much presents them as they're the kids from the wrong side of the tracks and they've really they're quite dangerous and aggressive. But they were filmed in such a way and yeah, acted as be total dorks and I yeah. couldn't tell if it was a joke or not. I think that is they the, did have flick knives. Yeah, I think they're meant to be tough and, and scary, but they had to cast like actor kids. This isn't the, this isn't a production where they were going to go into like an inner city school, find some goose. raw talent. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but like, you know, there's Alan, a moment this is a where total they, kind of, they all Alan. they all walk up to the door of the mess hall and they're like, do little do 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 do, and they're like the tough kids, and then they come and like smack an apple out of someone's hand and go, uh, apple. yeah. <laughs> Alan, I I I went just talking about Thomas Turgoose there. I went oh, yeah. for a few drinks with uh, a girl from Grimsby the other day, and it was just—it <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, that is an accent, isn't it? That that sort of oh, specific <laughs> way of talking. It's like oh, is it, that is. I think that's a Grimsby accent. Is that a sexy accent at all? Mm, no. <laughs> shame, shame. Jim Varney didn't do a Grimsby character. Mm. <laughs> hey. Only, only Sasha Baron Cohen could uh, pull that. <laughs> so yeah, so Ernest goes to camp. It's set at a summer camp. Ernest is a, a general dog's body slash handyman. He wants to be a counselor. All the other counselors are eighteen years old who obviously went to camp. The only other staff member is one one middle aged guy who looks like a sort of Nambler spokesman. <laughs> For some reason, Ernest <laughs> isn't qualified to do this job, but. They give him a chance because they don't want to deal with the uh, the annoying kids. You're missing a couple of staff members, Alan. There's a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, you the mean chef the chef and his assistant? Yeah, the chef and his assistant who also appeared in a lot of uh, yeah, their adverts. Yeah, they were very familiar. So the what the fat one does all the talking, and the other one sort of stands behind him, looking a bit simple, and going, "Yeah." He plays Chuck in uh, Ernest Goes to Jail. I think he literally, this character would appear. Yeah, it's the same character. So these yeah. are the characters they played in the adverts for the same company. And so they were just, you know, they pulled him into this. And all their stuff... And the joke is that they're bad cooks and they make horrible slop. And then, and the problem is they never, they don't have the resources or the budget to do anything that big, as is painfully clear in a scene in this film where Ernest comes across a family of badgers... Um, <laughs> and he tells he's like hey kids we're out in the nature look it's a family of badgers now make sure you don't piss off the badgers by going gah, 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 in their face and then the badgers attack him um, and he runs around getting mauled by badgers and then the kids get to try out their uh, first aid skills that mm. means they bandage him up like an Egyptian mummy now on paper kids comedy alright that isn't dreadful but they don't even have the budget for like a stock footage of badgers. Yeah, stock badges. footage of badgers, a stuffed shitty badger. <laughs> they just film it off screen, like from the badger's <laughs> POV with Vern, uh, with Jim, Ernest, with Ernest gurning at the camera and then Ernest running around. You don't see like his legs because they're being bitten by the ba- badgers off screen. <laughs> like even kids are capable of going, well, this is a bit shit. There's no badgers. Like, oh. And even when they do the 
take the ba- the bandages off him extremely quickly and make him spin around. They don't even they don't even put it in fast motion. They don't they don't speed this footage up or anything. So it's just a man slowly turning around as some bandages get taken yeah. off him. And and if you think well that's because they were above using sped up footage uh, in this film, you're wrong. <laughs> they employ it pretty full on later on for a kind of Benny Hill style sequence where um, <laughs> the two chefs are being chased by a. Uh, a bulldozer uh, yeah. with their like food machine on wheels, and it goes super speed, and it's not quite yakety sax. I couldn't tell where that was being aimed. I couldn't tell if that was like a gag, like look, we're speeding it up, and that's funny, like yakety sax, Benny Hill, or if it was just like this footage is a bit slow, can we speed it up so it looks like they're running a bit quicker, but it's not a joke. Yeah. Anyway, the, I mean, they're just they're they're, they're not well made films, are they? I mean. Well, look, I want to address something that we haven't talked about, really, which is this is set in an Indian camp, which is a Native American Indians. But this is the 80s. We call them Indians. It, that wasn't that. I don't think that was even culturally an issue, certainly not for the people who are watching Ernest films. So yeah, I don't think that had ever. So that's not being controversial at the time. And I imagine this is a fairly real thing where you take your nice white middle class kids and send them to Indian camp so they can learn how to be a brave <laughs> and they and the man who runs the camp goes oh yeah send me your boys and i'll turn them into men i'll teach them the ways of the brave yeah why but so that's fine people using another another culture just as a theme right i get it but there is an old indian man who owns the land and he for some reason is dead on board with all this it's like the the he is completely committed to the sacred traditions of teaching middle class white boys how to <laughs> how to um, swim that's that's like his raison d'etre for life because that's what his people have been doing for centuries so all that stuff doesn't really add up to anything and like you say the real what should be the real story is the bad kids come up trumps at the big competition at the end and they win everybody's hearts right Mm. so all this stuff about an old native american man being tricked into selling his land is all just nonsense and it's not funny it doesn't add anything to it it's i mean what is it it's not even trying to make a point really is it i mean well the point is like oh this is nature and they want to strip mine it you know well yeah welcome to america mate I feel like Ernest did the same plot in uh, Ernest Scared Straight or whatever it's called. The the Scared Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest goes. Ernest Scared Straight is a uh, Ernest goes to jail, isn't it? Ernest uh, Ernest Halloween film, whatever it's called. Ernest Scared Stupid, I think. Um, that's about like a an ancient troll being disturbed in a wood, and they have to like deal with the troll. The the goblin whatever it is like and it giving it its land back or something so you're saying the native american man is a goblin i'm saying that to the makers of these films uh perhaps <laughs> well do you know the guy who's playing the year american native here uh, iron ice cody he was a guy he just played the native american guy and everything throughout his entire career and he was the the native american who cries about litter in the very famous oh wow um so that these guys make that advert (laughs) they weren't that good but (laughs) but but he was obviously like advertising royalty they were like look we've got this a-list advertisement actor in we've got so Ernest, like two and three they were like pick up the litter vern yeah i mean this is the Ernest movie we can pull in right we've got the where's the beef woman um we've got the budweiser frogs like we've got all the advertising a stars well, that was it, but apparently this guy, I was looking at him earlier, you know, like I say, he played Native American throughout his entire career, like going back to the 30s, and, you know, insisted he was Native American and lived as... Oh, well, I lived know where this is as, going. Not just lived as a Native American, but lived as a kind of cartoon representation of a Native American wearing the headdress all the time and stuff. And, uh, yeah, he's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in Louisiana or something, but his parents were Italian. Oh, God. So, uh, you know, it's a living, isn't it? <laughs> no, there's, there's one other thing about Ernest Goes to Camp that we have to talk about, which which is <laughs> about two-thirds into the film, 
Ernest starts singing. It's like a sad ballad. Not, a, not even not a funny it's song. Okay it's not a joke. If it's, it's like a really sincere, dare I say, a very earnest. Uh, it's like Rainbow <laughs> it's Connection very... in the Muppet movie. Yeah, I'm glad it's raining. I'm glad it's raining. There's always something to be thankful for. I'm awfully glad it's raining. Cause no one sees your teardrops when it pours. I love it when it rains. My eyes are just sweated today. I'm sad (laughs) and I'm earnest. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that? I wasn't. I completely forgot. I don't think there's a musical sequence in any other Ernest film. Alice and Shane Keister. Yeah. Yeah. All the song. I think all the music was pretty much by them, apart from a couple of exceptions, which is obviously, hey, we're not paying for musical rights. We'll get our mates to write something. And they've just gone, look, we're not paying for an 80s montage song. Can you do one? And they just go, uh, yeah, sure. Oh, look, the kids are coming together. They're going to do the thing at the end. Yeah, that's good enough. Thanks. <laughs> Can you do us a sad one? Sure. About rain? Yeah, all right. <laughs> you realize, you realize you're going to need a rain machine to if you're doing a song. No, no, no. We'll just do it dry. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even bother making it rain. <laughs> <laughs> they did, Alec, for one shot. Ernest is inside, and there is there is water splashing against the window outside, <laughs> which I think was presumably the extent of their like capabilities. They probably had a hose pipe, and just someone stood <laughs> spraying water against the window. It's like a it's like a clouded glass window, so you can't really see through it. <laughs> but yeah, while Ernest is walking around in the dark outside, talking about how he likes being in the rain because it hides his tears. <laughs> Totally dry. <laughs> He's not even crying, actually. <laughs> we really want to get into it. <laughs> oh dear. And you know, that speaks to this film in general. It just doesn't none of it works. <laughs> none of it makes any sense because it's just so like everyone involved in the production is sort of operating on a different page, I think. And uh, yeah. it just doesn't really come together. That's what that's what a good director does, right? A director brings the elements together so that they are consistent. And that is not what John R. Cherry the third felt. <laughs> and like in the big climax scene where they the kids come together and like uh, you know uh, commit violent acts against um, the construction <laughs> workers. So you have shots of the kids like doing something and then cut to shots of construction workers reacting. Like getting hit by oranges or something. And a, or a turtle falling on the head. And there's no geography of the scene. They're not connected in any way. It's just... All right, so look, overall, right, I think, you know, what Ernest is, is a live-action cartoon. And the problem is that it's it hasn't got the budget to really pull that together, yeah. Yeah, they lack the means and the imagination to do that. Mm. Yes, but that is the spirit they're going with. Yeah, and I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but it's not just lacking in terms of uh, yeah money. It's it's more than that. The 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 script is nonsense. It's uh... yeah, and I don't get the impression that they're using the money very well. I'm pretty sure they could have used this money to make something. I mean, there's a lot of explosions and things, you know, descending terrapins like that. That's a special effect, <laughs> you know. That's you just don't get the impression that the resources are being used properly. I've just looked up, Alan. All of the uh, earnest references in The Simpsons. All right, go on. There's some good ones here. You want to hear them? Mostly, yeah. these are mostly from the classic era because I guess Ernest wasn't relevant anymore by the time The Simpsons turned to total shit. Episode where Bart goes to uh, watch the watch a movie uh, called Ernest Needs a Kidney. Right, yeah, it's good in it. Uh, there's Ernest cuts the cheese in another episode. Uh, the one that I was talking about before with the Sideshow Bob one, is Ernest Goes Somewhere Cheap. Uh, this one's pretty weak, this. Ernest Goes to Broadway. That's when they're in New York. That just seems like a... But that's a that's a, that's a Broadway production rather than a movie. Yeah, I guess it's going to be a theatre show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, a later episode of the... Not quite the classic era, this, but still, like, watchable era. Ernest Goes Straight to Video. Good one. Yeah, oh, yeah, Good one. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, they they did, yeah, what, nine Ernest films? They would have done more. Jim Varney died. Oh, yeah, but they were, uh, they were pumping him out right till the end, weren't they? I mean, they, didn't, they were doing, yeah, almost one a year. Last one was two years before his death, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he did a load of these, like you say. He, he did Ernest Goes to Camp. They did uh, they did a few video releases that I get the impression were very popular with kids in America. Um, one called Know What I Mean. That's all one word. <laughs> hey, Vern, It's My Family Album, uh, which I think was basically... I think these were like VHS compilations of the adverts that they'd made. Yeah, they did. They no, they definitely did one of them, but they did. Well, th- this one is Ernest finds his old family album, and we see a load of skits with him and the family members. But I think my understanding is this was like largely edited together from stuff they had like shot. Yeah, maybe they shot yeah, a yeah. sketch on the same day as an advert. That's maybe what they did, but. And then they did that Dr. Otto film, and then they did the Ernest Film Festival. Maybe that's the one that's just the uh, adverts. If he's kind of mm. like, hey, Vern, watch this film. And then the film is him being like, mm, I sure do love this yellow jello. Soldy pop. Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm looking at the screen grabs now, and the Ernest Film Festival is blatantly just him introducing adverts. <laughs> There's a shot of him with uh, mm, premium ice cream. <laughs> Uh, and then they did a tv series called hey Vern, it's Ernest," which i believe was basically like a kids tv show yeah 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 which is what it needs to be saturday morning this film was basically a spin-off of that tv show i guess officially um and then they followed it with "Ernest saves christmas the christmas special obviously uh well film "Ernest goes to jail which uh for the record is probably is my highest rated of these films Weirdly, I guess that's the good one. Uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, the Halloween one. Ernest's Greatest Hits Volume 2, which was a video, I assume, with more adverts on it. What else we got here? Ernest Rides Again. That's a very generic name, that. What's the concept for that one? Just doing more, some more Ernest shit. Ernest and his dim-witted pal, Abner. I don't remember Ernest having a sidekick. Unearth a huge cannon <laughs> reputed to contain the crown jewels of England. Oh, this is Ernest Goes to the UK. I don't remember that yeah. one. I mean, I've seen it, apparently. I've rated it, but... Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you've seen them all. Yeah, but I saw these ten years ago. Uh, the World As I See It, which is a short film. Let's see, what's this? Is this an advert? Comedy short anthology series featuring 40 stories about Ernest P. Worrell's family. Hmm, interesting. I don't really know what this is. Looks like a straight-to-video thing that was like a series of skits again. Um, Ernest Goes to School. I believe you and I watched that one. Did we? That's the one where he, like, gets made smart. He, like... They oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that, yeah, yeah. Slam Dunk Ernest. I'm pretty sure we watched that one as well. Was that before or after Space Jam? Um, same year? No, the it was the year before, 1995. Space Jam was 1996. Well, well, well. Yeah, interesting. Uh, these were, were into the straight-to-video era with Slam Dunk Ernest, though. That was the the first straight-to-video movie. Uh, then we had Ernest Goes to Africa, straight-to-video. <laughs> and then we've got Ernest in the Army, the last one. Um, so yeah, Alan, what, what would you rate this one, Ernest Goes to Camp? Final thoughts? Rating? <sighs> yeah, well, you know, we've been through it. It's, it's just not good enough. Um, despite, yeah, like you say, a very likable presence at the heart of your film. So just build something better around it, and uh, they didn't do that. I give it a four out of ten. Ooh. Well, I I feel harsh giving it this score, but I just it 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 doesn't deserve more than this. I don't think. Um, I give it a three. Mm. For the record, that's pretty consistent with my ratings for the the franchise. I I do go as high as a 5 out of 10 for Ernest Goes to Jail, the high point of the franchise. That's the good one, is it? Yeah, but I also go as low as a 2 out of 10. I found a 1989 TV special, by the way, that he did called Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain, which I'm (laughs) guessing was like an advert. An advert for, yeah. But it's 22 minutes long, so it's like a TV, you know, half hour filled with it. The air's awful thin up here. There's not a lot of oxygen. At this moment, we ask that squeamish or sensitive adults turn their eyes from the screen. (laughs) 
there is also an hour-long special that went straight to video, from what I can gather, called Hey Vern, Win 10 Grand. That was a compilation of adverts. Ernest introduces a contest for a viewer to win $10,000 if they can properly name the right number of times he says Vern and know what I mean throughout the whole video. So yeah, it probably yeah. is a compilation of adverts and they just ran a... Yeah, put an, put a, put a competition on it and then called the video that. It's very, very, um, they've got no shame. Buy this that. video for $10 or whatever it will have been back then. They only need to sell a thousand copies to break even. And I guess back in the uh, 80s, they were confident they could sell more than that. I mean, again, this is what I mean. That's a good hustle. That's a smart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Commercials, bloopers, behind the scenes, special surprises. It's all it's on there. It's just adverts. No, it's adverts and outtakes from filming the adverts. They are yeah. scraping the barrel. I've never quite got the concept of why people people really embrace and love fun advert characters. I don't... Uh, I, I, as a kid, I did. As a kid, when I used to, like, I had VHS tapes and I would just record, like, episodes of stuff and random shit, I would be like, oh, well, this is a funny advert I like. I'm going to record this, like, on it and stuff. Really? As a kid, I got into... But I don't know, as a kid, you're, like, you're Stupid. less discerning, you're easier to please. The sort of shit that counts as, like, a joke in an advert is, you know... But I, I think that's okay when you're a child. Because you have the mm. intellect of a child. And I must say, I do wonder the people who never grow out of that. But having said that, I do think the right advert, like reference being employed at the right time cl correctly, can be like a really funny comedic reference. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't really like that that's such an easy way to like my heart. But, you know, you pull out a nod to, um, let's see, R. White's Lemonade. That's a good one. That's always funny. You pull out a reference to, uh, is it J.R. Hartley? <laughs> fly fishing that's a good one <laughs> that's a good one i think they're i think i find those funny because they're before my time so i don't feel yeah. like i'm being sold something because it's like yeah. um i don't know i think you can make me laugh if you pulled out a reference to the 118 runners at the right time mm, okay. I, d I didn't find them funny but the same way I don't find Peter Kay going, Garlic Red, Garlic Red, funny. But then if, <laughs> if someone goes, Garlic Red, Garlic Red, at the right time, it will make me laugh. It's like an ironic, how shit is this kind of thing, isn't it? So I've pulled up the Ernest films here. We'll do an IMDb rating kind of higher, lower thing. Oh, good Lord. Okay. So starting with Ernest Goes to Camp, right? <sighs> do you want to have a guess? Where, where do you think that rating is going to be? Roughly. I reckon people will be quite on like unnecessarily undeservedly positive about this one because they have a nice nostalgia for it. They they remember it fondly. I think we're looking at a five point two. It's five point four. Very good. Ooh. Very close. So we go to the next one, Ernest Saves Christmas. We're going higher or lower? I reckon the first three probably are all going to ride this wave. And from what I remember, Christmas and then the other one are a bit better. It's like they found their feet a tiny bit. And also Christmas, that's probably one people watch every year for Christmas if they have that nostalgia. Yeah. So I reckon this is higher. Okay. It's 5.6. Just good. a little bit higher. Just higher. Yeah. And then we have... Ernest goes to jail. Okay, this is the We've one established. I, it's the best one. I think it's the best one. Yeah, apparently. it's the highest rating I've given as well. I give this one a six out of ten. I reckon it's going to be lower than Christmas, but only by like one point. That is a five point four, so the same as Camp. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, they're all kind of pretty consistent there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's go to Ernest now, scared stupid. I, was gonna say, I, I bet special. this is when it starts to deteriorate but i think people quite fondly remember this one as well this was the halloween one again they probably saw it on tv every year around halloween um, um i reckon lower but i reckon it's probably still in a relatively speaking respectable five area okay this one is 5.7 the highest oh, wow. one yet okay, okay. Oh. Mm, interesting just in terms of number of people who've rated as well, it's 
It's not that many. It makes sense Scared Stupid would be, you know, a Halloween special with Ernest. That makes a lot of sense. Add in some supernatural elements that aren't really there in the other films. Again, that's going to like make it way more interesting. I do. I kind of get that. Yeah. So, in terms of actual people who have rated it, those first ones are like in the ten to twelve thousand range. The mm. next ones are in the two to two and a half thousand range. So we're, we've oh, wow. taken a drop off in terms of yeah, cultural yeah. Uh, awareness. But yeah. does that affect the rating? So we're on a five point seven. We're going to go to Ernest Rides again. Mm, lower, definitely. I think. I don't even remember that he went to the UK. That's how you know much of an imprint this left on me. <laughs> yes. Well, there we go. Uh, I wonder if it was filmed there in any way. I imagine the only reason they would set an Ernest film in the UK is if there was some like tax break for filming it there, <laughs> or they wanted a trip there and were like, we can justify it. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't go abroad more often, to be honest. I'm surprised they never did Ernest Goes to Transylvania 5000 or whatever the fuck. Film it in Prague. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Ernest Rides Again, that had a rating of 4.7. Okay. So we've gone down a bit there. Ernest Goes to School. Well, this is the one I thought was the worst one. So I'm going to say lower. But I, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't. It's 4.6. Apparently, Sarah Chalk's in it. Really? And Will Sasso. Um, okay, so next, Slam Dunk Ernest. <sighs> I'm going to say higher, but I mean, I don't know. It is 4.5. So it's 1.1 1. 1 and down again. Uh, and then we've got Ernest Goes to Africa. Lower, I think. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that was often, yeah, that's got to be a low point, hasn't it? Oh, God. The, 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 I've just clicked on the IMDb page in the picture, which is a still from the trailer. <laughs> I'm guessing that's Hey You the Hindu because oh. <laughs> uh, so he's got a towel on his head. He's got some sort of fake tan on. Uh, oh, God. Anyway, so, yes, uh, Ernest Costa Africa was a 4.3. Oh, wow. So finally, Ernest in the army. We're going to go out on a high. I reckon that's higher up because it was a theatrical release. It probably had a tiny bit more money behind it. They probably put a bit more effort in. Yeah, I, I reckon slightly higher. Are you sure it was a theatrical release? I'm not certain. Um, well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, the, yes, so Ernest in the Army was a 4.4. Oh, Wikipedia says Ernest in the Army is direct-to-video. So mm, there you go. it's just listed incorrectly on IMDb, I guess. So Ernest in the Army is 4.4, so just slight step up from Ernest Goes to Africa. But yeah, those last, the straight-to-video ones are sort of a, a little bit lower than the other ones, just mm. consistently. Mm. They're just not the same nostalgia. But weirdly, I've rated on my MDB seven out of those nine. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember watching all of them. So I think I think all of those will have been watched with me. I can't imagine you would proactively yeah, yeah, yeah. go watching an Ernest film without me. Yeah, surely. So, had you seen the first one before, Ernest Goes to Camp? Yeah. Right, so I guess I must have downloaded these and just started watching them when we lived together. We did go mm. through a, a a phase of watching shit that was like so bad it's good was kind of the idea. Is that when we started watching the Bond films? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, um... <laughs> I remember, I remember severely fucking up my computer, and I like, had to reinstall everything because it like got viruses because I uh, downloaded <sighs> a dodgy copy of Firehouse Dog, <laughs> starring Chevy Chase as an uncredited Firehouse Dog. <laughs> uncredited. So we never got to watch Firehouse Dog, but we did watch uh, Big Little Big Ghost Man, Dog. whatever it's called. <laughs> the little big man's a that's um Dustin Hoffman thing, isn't it? Uh you're talking about Little, little Man Little Man with the Wyans brothers. Yeah, we watched that. We watched Jack and Jill, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We watched um God, what else did we watch? Sherlock Bones, of course, classic. <laughs> My five wives. You see, you you used oh, to go yeah. out to CEX and come home with uh we had Adam Sandler overboard, My Five Wives. Um. Yeah, some shit like that, and then I would just download stuff that I thought looked really 
hilariously shit online. You know what, I'm gonna have a look. If you have anything else to say, Alan, I'm just gonna have a quick look on my ratings and see if anything pops up. You know that in in Ernest Goes to Camp, Jim Varney is about the same age as I am. <laughs> Wait, sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, as Jim Varney was when he made it, yeah. He would have been about 37. Really? Yeah, 1949 he was born, so yeah, about 37, maybe 38. So is that is that smoking? Is that what that does to you? Because he, I mean, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Smelled <laughs> it. Smoking and drinking, yeah. Everybody watch Ernest and then don't smoke. Because he doesn't. He looks. I mean, how old does he look? Let me look it up. Oh, I guess he doesn't look that. But he doesn't look thirty, does he? Or thirty? He looks. Yeah, I guess he does. Kind of look like he's. It's weird, isn't it? He's just got an old. Yeah. Feel to him, yeah. It's when he when he does do a bit of gurning and pulling like a rubbery face as well. I think he's got quite strong jawline, I guess, or or cheekbones because like all the kind of they look like wrinkles, but I guess it's actually just definition on his face that we're seeing. If that makes sense, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a lot of lines on his face. I feel like I watched this in uh, in London when we lived together, but I don't think i watched it with you ed the uh matt leblanc <laughs> oh yeah the plays chimp. baseball with a chimp movie oh is it orangutan or uh it's a chimp mm. no real chimps in the film from what i remember just a guy in a chimp costume oh really yeah <laughs> that's, that's poor well that was that was why i kind of thought how bad can this be it's got a chimp in it and then it was like oh no it hasn't <laughs> it's got matt leblanc in it. uh space buddies I don't know. I watched that at uni on my own, didn't I? Very sadly. Mm-hmm. We, we must have. Some I was going to say, things. we must have watched one of the Buddies movies. Unless I just re watched Space Buddies with you. We watched Grown Ups 1 together, I think. And Cop Out. I mean, again, neither of <laughs> those were like meant to be so bad they're good, but I've got them down yeah. as 2 out of 10. Oh, you know, you know what we watched? What? What was it called? Transylvania 900. What was it called? <laughs> The one with uh, Ed Begley Jr. in it. And Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff Goldblum. A, a very young Jeff Goldblum, yeah. Yeah, something about Transylvania. <laughs> it was like a reference to a song that neither of us understood. Here we are, I've got it. <laughs> Transylvania 65000. Transylvania 65000. That was the song do-do-do, that they did over the thing. Yeah. There you go, that's one of the shit ones we watched because it was so... I don't know why. Why? How did I become aware of that? Probably found it in CEX. No, I think I downloaded it. Two tabloid reporters are sent to Transylvania to find the Frankenstein monster. You were probably watching Jeff Goldblum things. Or get fired. They are laughed at there, but something suspicious is going on. Yeah, but I remember you got really into reading about the um, the production of the thing and how it was all like a big tax scam. Oh, yeah. It's got quite a cast in it. Wow. Jeff Goldblum, uh, Ed Bigley Jr., Carol Kane, Jeffrey Jones before he was a nonce, Gina Davis, <laughs> Michael Richards before he said the M word. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? Kramer's the, uh, he's like the Igor guy, isn't he? Oh, right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. We were like, oh, there he is. That's Kramer. Uh, the movie was financed by the Dow Chemical Company in order to spend <laughs> frozen finances <laughs> that the company had in Yugoslavia. <laughs> oh, because it was the. Would have been a war on, I guess. They weren't allowed to spend the money outside of Yugoslavia. Ah, wow. They saw 40 women for the role of Odette. They liked Gina Davis uh, because she could do a compelling Bela Lugosi accent. Not a Romanian (laughs) accent, a Bela Lugosi accent. Right, and was it a coincidence that she was in a relationship with Jeff Goldblum? (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Goldblum recommended Ed Bigley Jr. to the director. And Ed Begley Jr. recommended Michael Richards for the role of Fehos. So I guess everyone was just bringing in their mates and going, ah, just give him a <laughs> be a pisser. The first of three movies co-starring Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Oh, the first? Oh, is it pre The Fly? I was going to say, this. I think oh. this is where they met, Alan. Oh, I, I assume they met on The Fly. No, yeah. no, the, the Fly was after this. And then Earth Girls Are Easy. Huh. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, wow. Fair enough. Yeah, it says it. Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis never met until this film. There you go. So, it did something. I mean, hey, it might not give a... We might not have had The Fly as it was without this film mm. bringing them together. Just wouldn't have had the same chemistry. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a very weird bit of trivia on IMDb Trivia, Alan. Let's go out on this, because uh, you need to go. But let me, t- let me read this out to you verbatim. Although this comedy film is reputed to be short on laughs... 
It is long on cast. The main characters, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Ed Bigley Jr., Michael Richards, Jeffrey Jones, and Gina Davis, all average six foot three tall. <laughs> wow. Little bit of editorializing going into that one, I think. And also, also, I call bullshit. Gina Davis is famously quite tall for a woman, but that means she's six foot. There, I mean, I think Jeff Goldblum's quite tall, but these are all like their Hollywood listed uh, heights, aren't they? Yeah. It's and Carol like, Kane's uh, five foot two, so yeah, well, she's not been included in that. For some well, exactly. Reason. Why would you include them if she's really... when I when I worked on that thing with John Malkovich, I I was struck by how short he was, and then yeah. I looked up his height, and um, you know what his height is listed as? Five nine. Six foot plus, because it's in centimeters, but six foot and a bit. He's quite old, though. Maybe he's shrunk a bit. Yeah, but I think he had big shoes on as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm six foot one, Alan, and he was significantly shorter than I was. <laughs> so, I don't think you shrink that much, do you? Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe he was six foot, uh, six foot one back when he was a young man. But I don't know. I call bullshit. I think you can safely remove a couple of inches off any of these people's listed heights. So I've Googled Jeff Goldblum height and feet, and Google has responded with 1.94 meters. So well done, Google. (laughs) That is why we do not need to fear AI for the time being. He is apparently six foot three and a bit. I would round that up to six foot four, to be honest. So yeah, all right, tall. I'll take the word for it. All right, so that was Ernest. Uh, We are, of course, going to cover all the Ernest films in order over the next few months. <laughs> from, next, so. from next week onwards, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come back next month for uh, Ernest Christmas time. All right, thanks for listening, I guess. And uh, All right. Till then, bye. Bye.